Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the ever-present Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. Today is Tuesday, November 16th, 2021, the 320th day of the year. How have you been, Thomas, since I last saw you? Is there a world where, like, instead of saying, like, November... What did you say? November 15th. November 16th. November 16th. You would just say, like, 343. What's today? 343. What did you say? Well, what day of the year? Today is the 320th 20th. day of the year. So, like, in military time. You know, well, there's nothing military about it. No, but why no. would I say military time? What I'm saying is... Do we have an active military audience listening? I wouldn't know. <laughs> I would not know because they can't get in touch with me because I don't have an email. Oh, talk to, talk to our producer. producer about it, yeah. <laughs> so no, what I'm saying instead of identifying the 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 days of the year by the month and the day and the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday proper name of the day. Okay. Why not just refer the, to to them by the number day of the year it is? Like today is number three hundred and twenty. Okay. That's the day. But how is that going to help our listeners? It's not at all going to help. How is anything that we do here going to help anybody <laughs> at any time? But if someone is listening to this podcast and we say we are recording this on the 320th day of the year. They would know that it was November 10th, November 15th, November 16th. You don't even know what fucking day it is. I have is. no idea what day it so is. So you want to make it harder for our listeners then to figure out what the actual day is. No, it didn't. That is the... 320th day of the year. That's it. It's three. It's day 320. That's what it is. It's 320. Okay. It's going to be a little chilly on 320, right around, what, 250, 265. It starts getting a little chilly. The, the, uh, never mind. I'm fine. Good. How was your week? <laughs> good. Good. I had what, a very good week. How'd the show go? You the, show the show went great. The show closed. I was very, very happy and ecstatic with how well the show ran. I'm so glad. That's always very rewarding. I only wish more people had come to see it. I'm sorry, I couldn't. I, well, I, I know you had your reasons and stuff, which I completely understood. I appreciate that. And also, like I said, you know, this is going on during a pandemic. It's hard to get people out. And also, it was a play that people don't really know the title of, either. The Violet Hour, you know? It, it's, it's a hard sell. So you... Uh, but all I can say uh, is they missed a good play. They missed five excellent actors in my cast. Good. Yeah. So that's the satisfaction you have to take from it. Not only that, I also was asked to direct another show at the theater for next season. Very good. What show? Uh, I don't want to say yet until they secure the rights. Oh, uh, you got to be careful of getting the rights. And they also asked me to pick a play to be in. Uh-oh. You got to pick a play to be in? Yes. Who gets that opportunity? Uh, very few people that I know of. What play would you want to be in? I'm not going to say because I don't want to jeopardize the getting the rights of it. Uh <laughs> All of a sudden, you're so you're scared of the spooky witches that are gonna. Yes, I am. Okay. You never know who's out there listening. Uh, <laughs> I think we have a pretty good idea. Well, yeah, we do. <laughs> They're from around the world. They are six continents, the... eleven countries. Oh, uh, six continents, eleven countries. Yep. And not only that, we hit a new milestone. Which was what? We over the weekend we hit over five hundred downloads. 
Nice. Yes. So I'm very, very happy about that. Okay, good. Yeah. So, and we even got a comment on iTunes. Nah, I know you're lying. I would not lie about something like this. Would you like me to read it to I, you? I, I, no. I, I'm, a, I'm indifferent to the guy. What the fuck did they say? I'll, I'll read it to you. It's from a person named Scott Earl. Oh, Scott Earl. Yes, I, I think you know he's Scott I Earl, don't Scott you? Earl. Of course. I and he wrote, Scott Earl. Banter is fabulous. Banter is fabulous. When are we Good doing banter. some guest stars? Thank you, Scott Earl. Thank you. Well, I guess, Mr. Earl, that you missed our episode when my husband and producer, Stephen, was a, our guest star. He was a guest star for the whole hour. But you'll be happy to know that we will have a guest star next week for our Thanksgiving episode. Are we going to jeopardize it? What? Oh, we're going to jeopardize it by putting it out there in the universe. All right, I'll say we may. It hasn't been finalized oh, yet. Yeah, yeah. And then we are intending on having a, get a special guest on for our Christmas show or holiday show in December. I thought, oh, I know who that was. I know who that is. Uh, yes, of course you know, know who, who it is. is. Oh, show, yeah. Of course you know. Yeah. So, yes, we will be having guest stars on the show. Of course, if you'd like to appear on the show, you're welcome to join us. Anytime. We don't discriminate. Come. <laughs> So, thank you for your comment, and thank you for the five-star rating. We greatly appreciate it. I love that. That's the first comment that I was aware of was from Scott. I love that. Good. That's fabulous. Right? Thank you, Bill. Right. We now move on to our first segment of the evening, which Which is is Heavy Heavy Petting. And tonight's topic is naming your dog. Oh. How did you decide on your name for your dog, Thomas? Uh, that was what he came out of in the box. He was called Louie. I, when we bought the dog, his name was Louie. Oh, uh, okay. I could have changed it if he was four months old. Do you know why he was given the name Louie? No. No? No. I, I can't, I'm not going to be able to contribute much to this conversation. <laughs> um, if we talk about, if we're talking about Louie, yeah, Louie came with the name. I thought the name was cute with the way the dog looked. Uh, Did you, you never thought of changing the name? No. No? no the action was always there. I was aware that the action was there, but I always knew I was going to leave him Louie. Okay. I was going to, he just looks like Louie's. He's got that expression. He looks like a Louie. He looks... Yes, he does. He looks like a Louie. So, uh, yeah. I thought it was a perfect name. So, I'm not going to change. You know, who am I? No. I, well, like I said, Abigail, she was a rescue dog, and she was already named Abigail. Okay. And we had momentarily thought that. about changing the name. But at the time, we figured, all right, she's already three and a half years old. It's going to be hard to teach her a new name now and all this. So we just left it as Abigail. Abigail. And we liked Abigail. Abigail, was a Abigail's, Abigail is a great name. But I found out. A man's dog. I found out that no matter how old your dog may be, you can you still can teach it a new a, name. A new name, yeah. It takes time, of course, in the usual way that you teach a dog it's a puppy it's a new name. It's the same with teaching yeah. it a new name altogether and stuff. You know, just positive reinforcement and repetition. And repetition. You know? But do you want to know what the top five male dog names are? Hold on. Uh, Duke? Nope. Not even in the top five. Really? Not in the top five. Nope. Champ? Nope. Uh, Bob? Nope. Oh, uh, hold on. Diesel? No. Would you like me to just tell you? No. <laughs> tell me one of them. Number five is Rocky. Rocky, a guy would have gotten to fucking Rocky. Well, you knew where yeah, I was eventually. Uh, yeah, so we, Rocky is another one like. Go ahead. Jessica, read me the list. Number four is Buddy. Buddy. Number three is Charlie. Okay. Number that's, th- that's kind of 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Charlie, I was kind of surprised it's sort of by soft, right? Yeah, it just seems like weird. You name your dog Charlie. Charlie but... Char- I'd name a dog Charlie. I just think it's the weird that it's one of the top five yeah. male dog names in America. Number two is Max. Max, don't and, let them get me, Max. And number one is Bailey. Oh fuck you! Right, Bailey. I mean, no offense, to anyone named Bailey out there, but. For number one dog's name, I was just number one male dog's name in America. Is that the, is that the, is that the yeah? List? That's what this list is. That's lame as fuck. Do you want to know? You want to know what the top five female dog names are? Lady, not in the top five. No. Nope. Princess. Nope. Simba. Nope. Lula. Nope. Kaylee. <laughs> nope. What are they? Number five is Maggie. Okay. Number four is Daisy. I can see Daisy. Uh, Daisy's a great name. I love Daisy. Number three is Molly. Okay. I've heard that name for dogs. Yeah, okay. Number two is Lucy. I love Lucy. And number one is Bella. All right. It's a better list than for the than than the, than than for, the, the men, for the male yeah, dogs, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's a better list. Just, uh, I, I looked up uh, Curiosity. Louie is number 37 on the list. Oh, Okay. And Abigail wasn't on the list, but Abby is, and that was number 12 of the female names. Yeah, but Abby's totally different from Abigail. Yeah. I mean, Abigail is an old woman. I know. Well, we even cons- like we were even considering just calling her Abby at times, but just... No, know. she's Abigail. She's an Abigail. Yeah. You know, she's an Abigail. No, that's like Arthur is Arthur. Yes. Arthur is not Artie. No, he's not Artie. <laughs> you know, I can, yeah, you don't call a doll by a nickname like that. No. <laughs> No, I think there's a there's a there's a when gay men do it, they do author. Yes, and they do Abigail. Although you didn't, uh, you would have. Yes, I would have. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's fun. To, it's fun. Um, I like Felix and Oliver and uh, um, uh, Sebastian and oh, some old English. Those sort of overly formal sounding. Yeah, names. I, I, my sheepdog was Colonel Pickering. Oh, I was gonna ask how. Yeah, I was gonna ask about Pickering. How did you? Yeah, it had to be a musical theater name. Okay. Um, and it had to be appropriate to the breed. Yep. So, because he's very that breed is very much that breed. You what know, the, breed was he? He's an old English sheepdog. Right. So, and they're very smart, but very dopey. And and I was thinking of those Victorian era, um, theater roles. Okay. Oliver. Uh, so Oliver led me to a couple of different, that whole tribe of people. Yeah. Oliver Sykes. And, okay. And, and, That's what they say, yeah. And he wasn't a Sweeney Todd. No. No, he's not the demon dog of Fleet Street. So, <laughs> my, my <laughs> although he'd love the pie. My last name is Gibbons, and that could sound like Higgins. Yes. So I thought it would be fun to have that sort of sidekick. And who was that old English sidekick? Colonel Pickering. Colonel Pickering was a... So uh, that's how I landed with Colonel Pickering, uh, the sidekick. And uh, he was... It was uh, really funny because that's exactly who he was. Anyway, was the sidekick. <laughs> that was like his role. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I... It's 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 fun to name, to name a dog. It is fun but to I name a dog. I, it's just... You get to... I, I didn't realize that we were soft enough for Bailey. Yeah, I know. I didn't figure I, I didn't Bailey think, is the number one name. Yeah, it's sad, really, because it takes... Uh, now, it, what it, kind of a dog would you name Bailey? You wouldn't name a German Shepherd Bailey, no, would you? No, a hound. 
like a like a like a beagle. Yeah, I suppose. I guess uh, any of the oodles because they all do all that, yeah. that whole teddy bear. Yeah, thing yeah, I can see that for Bailey. Bailey. And those dogs are all over the fucking place now. You no, you know, right? Please, poodle will fuck anything. That's all I'm. Gonna <laughs> say. That's just my observation <laughs> in the world, but. They'll fuck anything. The horrors of the canine community. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's just I, you don't want to. You don't want to pigeonhole them. And, it's the hair. It's the hair. Damn, they fuck like rabbits. They'll fuck anything. So yeah, uh, all of the oodles. They all, or well, a lot of them, have that very stuffed bear look to them. So that looks, yeah, I can get Bailey when you see it like that. I know, but it's not what I would pick for a dog's name, uh, that's for unless, sure. Maybe I, okay, here's the thing. But I'm not sure I would pick Bella either for a female dog name. What I, I rearranged the order of, of the word male Okay. Here. What we're talking about is the dog is male. Yes. Okay, I was thinking that the, not that I was thinking because I understood it entirely, but I was coming from the perspective that the man, the male, was naming the dogs. Okay. Instead of it being ma- like just male dog names, right? Oh, okay. Like the guy was naming the dog. No, 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 no. Okay, so these are definitely yes. The number one name of the person naming dogs is no. Bailey. No. <laughs> You're an ass. Somebody of five hundred people understood what I was saying. I'm glad they did. All right, let's just leave it between me and them. Then. <laughs> That's all. We now move on to your favorite segment. It's the birthday. Today's birthday. I understand it's not quite well. It, it, go ahead. Well, there are two birthdays two on birthdays. this list. Two birthdays is absolutely doable. But depending on how you behave during this segment, I may throw in a third oh, one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that ends up for you. Today's birthday is, of course, dead. Of course. Born November 16th, 1889. Born in Pittsburgh, he got his start uh, in New York City newspaper industry and uh, became the New York Times drama editor in 1917 at the age of 28. You said what, Ed Sullivan? What? Ed Sullivan. Nope. Go ahead. In 1918, he co-authored his first Broadway play, Someone in the House. For every season, for every Broadway season from 1921 to 1958, Either a play that he wrote, or I should say co-wrote, or directed, was on Broadway. All right, so is it Kaufman or Hart? Which one? Uh, I'm going to say George Kaufman. You are correct, George S. Kaufman. Kaufman. Yep. Kaufman. (coughs) He only wrote one play by himself, a play called Butter and Eggman in 1925. Don't know it. But with Edna Ferber, he wrote Royal Family, Dinner at Eight, and Stage Door which was made into a film with Katherine Hepburn. Yes, it was. Uh, with Moss Hart, he wrote the play of Merrily We Roll Along, yes, which became did. the Sondheim musical. Which never worked. Mm, yeah, that's a whole other story. The Man Who Came to Dinner. Classic. Still produced today. Yes, it is. Hundreds of times. And You Can't Take It With You. Thousands of times, I'm sure. <coughs> which uh, won the 1937 Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. He also collaborated on... What's that? Great plays. And all great plays. They're like, they set the standard. They uh, they still use them. High schools do them everywhere, all yeah. the time, all the time, because it's they're such tools. Yep. 
Yeah, they are. Uh, they're, they're they're very conventional. They follow awesome a whole plays. pattern, you know. Right. They're awesome plays, but they're very good plays. You yeah, know, they are very good plays. I love you. Can't think of with you. That's just a fun play. Yeah, it really, just pure fun. Uh, he also collaborated on stage musicals with Maury Ryskind. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He wrote the musical plays The Coconuts and Animal Crackers for the Marx Brothers. Oh, fun. They also wrote the book for the 1931 musical of The I Sing, with music by George and Ira Gershwin, Gershwin, which became the first musical to win the Pulitzer Prize for drama. Really? Yeah. Of The I Sing? Of The I Sing. I often think about why, like, those plays don't get done. Like, Call Me Madam. Yeah. I think because maybe they're considered peer, very period or of their time. I, I, I wouldn't know. I've never read them. I, don't, I haven't seen them. But this, I know, like, on the ice thing, I think there's, like, a political story to the background. I think someone's running for office, maybe. Well, it certainly sounds that way. Yeah. That's what I think it was, so. But that's the only thing I can think of is maybe that's why, because maybe they're considered you, of you're their talking time. about George Kaufman and the Gershwins. Mm-hmm. How, how bad could it be? You know, like, if they yep. wrote that show pissed off at each other and two seconds from pulling the gun, probably couldn't be that bad. Right. I know. We're talking about George and Ira Gershwin. George and Ira Gershwin and George Kaufman. Yeah. Great, solid combination. Yeah. Shows that uh, Kaufman directed included the original Broadway productions of I, of The I Sing. Okay. The front page. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe. Uh, of Mice and Men and Guys and Dolls, for which he won... The 1951 Best Director of a Musical, Tony. Good for him. From 1940 to 1949, he and Moss Hart were co-owners of the Lyceum Theater on Broadway. Were they? Yes, they were. Good for them. Kaufman was also a member of the famous Algonquin Roundtable. Right. Um, Supposedly, in in Moss Hart's uh, autobiography, Kaufman's portrayed as, as portrayed as morose and intimidating... And uncomfortable with expressions or of affection or sentimentality. That is true. You you read you read Mother Moss Hart uh, autobiography, didn't you? And I staged the the stage version. Hmm. Okay. Act one. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. The man who could be this plentiful, creative on Broadway, but. Complete. Don't touch me. Don't stay away yeah, from me. Yeah, yeah, stay yeah. away from me. Continue. Who's, who's the other birthday? All right. Moving on to the next birthday. This person or man, I should say. Person or man. You no, no man. Was born November 16th, 1907. Born in Ohio. Okay. He made his Broadway debut in a 1930 production of Romeo and Juliet and played on Broadway and directed on Broadway throughout the 30s, 40s, and 50s. As a director, he received a Best Director Tony nomination for the 1974 production of Ulysses in Nighttown. He served in the Air Force during World War II. He made training and education films for the Armed Forces. He made over 100 films from 1935 to 1995. Could he tap that? I don't know. He received two Best Supporting Actor nominations, one for 1975's Day of the Locust, and two for night, and the second one was for 1976's Rocky. He is also tied with Jack Klugman for the most number of starring appearances on the Twilight Zone. The most he, number of star appearances on the Twilight Zone. I, I, I okay. The, he and Jack Klugman both appeared four times. I, I wouldn't know that. 
Um, he won a Best Supporting Actor Emmy for the 1977 telefilm Tail Gunner Joe, in which he played Army Attorney Joseph Welch. I will tell you this much. Yes. It certainly sounds like somebody I should be able to identify. Well, I think you'll know now by the last clue. He was best known as the Penguin on Batman from 1968 oh, to 19... Yes, Burgess Meredith. Oh, God, that's who, that's, yeah, that's who he was. Yeah, from 66 to 68. I was four to six years old when that show ran. <laughs> and he's tied with Cesar Romero for the most number of appearances on the show. The Joker. No, no, he wasn't. Cesar Romero wasn't the Joker. Yes, he was. Cesar Romero was the Joker. Burgess Meredith was the Penguin. Burgess Meredith was the Penguin. Oh, I'm thinking of the Riddler. The guy in Gorshin. Had... Also, John Astin played the Riddler, too. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, only Cesar Romero played the Joker. That's fun. But so. yeah, but yeah, but um, of course, I also remember Burgess Meredith for the uh, 1981 classic band film Clash of the Titans. Okay, have I mean, you ever seen it? No. Oh, well, it's great because it's a young Harry Hamlin, and it's oh, it's a, it's a Greek nice. myth thing, and all. It's it's really bad. They wear a toga. Uh, yes, short athletic toga. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and of course, Burgess Meredith is probably most recently remembered for the uh, the Grumpy Old Men films. Which I never saw. I you never saw the Grumpy Old Men films? I'm living it. I don't want to watch it for entertainment. Our show takes its title from the Grumpy Old Men films. Uh, well, to me, and that's you've just... never seen them. No, to, first of all, to me, that's copying. And that's not nice. I've never seen them. There's, and, and there's even a musical. A Grumpy Old Men, the musical, the musical. Okay, I didn't know that. There is. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, they put it on the schedule over there at the studio for the next season at Maywin, and I think it closes the season, or it's, you know, whatever it is, but it's, uh, yeah, Grumpy Old Men, the musical. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, if they make a musical out of it, that's how you know it's a hit. So, I, uh, who was he in it with? Because men, men implies more than one. It was... They want Grumpy Old Men? Yeah. Well, the stars of it were Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, and Walter Matthau. Okay. And also, Anne Margaret was in that one. Did they get along better than Walter Matthau and Barbara Streisand? Yes, I think that was that would be that would be easy to I say. Mean, yeah, yes that's too. a low bar. It, yes. Okay, all right, yeah. And then in Grumpy Old Men, it wasn't Grumpier, Grumpier Old Men, the sequel. Okay. Then they brought in Sophia Loren into the movie. Okay. But Burgess Meredith was in both of them. He played Jack Lemmon's father. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and Burgess he wow. you have to see the first one because. Uh, Burgess Meredith is this is randy old man. He's 95 years old. He lives on booze and bacon. Okay, good for him. And he, there's this one point where they're watching their friend hook up with this new neighbor in town. And he's providing commentary on it. And <laughs> at the end of the movie, they save all the outtakes of Burgess Meredith's all right. comments. Okay. <laughs> and they're hysterical. So they just let him sit there and riff. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's well worth watching. You can catch them on YouTube. It's hysterical. So, and of course, he unfortunately he died in September of nineteen ninety seven. And he was how old when he died? He ninety years old. Good for him. That's but, a win. But he has a star on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame. That's, you know what? We talk about this because what? you know that they have to buy that. Yes, I know. They have to pay. They have to pay for that store. They they buy it. They have to pay for that store. Yep. Isn't so, that kind of ridiculous? And it makes it completely unimpressive. No, I know. It's just like, what's this? Thing? Now, would they give me, if I had the 15 grand or whatever it was, would they give me out? No. No, of course not. And, and well, rightly so. Because they're in, trying to maintain some dignity. Well, some. <laughs> some. And he was also inducted into the 
American Theater Hall of Fame. He should have been. He had a long, illustrious career. Well, yeah, way. he really Beautiful. did. And he, one of those careers that sort of flew under the radar until he was what? He had to be 60 when he played the Penguin. If he was... If he was born... In, yeah, he was uh, 59 when he first started. Okay. Yeah, and then he, yeah, he turned... Yeah, 59 when he first started. He was 61, I guess, when he... Started. Yeah, that was, yeah. He was... He was awesome. And, and because of that, he was always... The Penguin to me. Of course. Of course. You would never think of anyone else. And even when I saw him doing other things, he was, oh my God, it's the Penguin. Right? That's a, yeah, the first thing you said. Yeah. The yeah, first yeah. thing you said. So, happy birthday to the late Burgess Meredith. We now move on to Today in History. Okay, so what happened today, November 16th? Let me, know, let me see if I know anything off the top of my head that happened on this day. It's November 16th, 1938. 1938, November 16th, 1938. A Swiss chemist named Albert Hoffman first synthesized this. This. We need a name. Item. Item. This item. He synthesized this drug. This drug. What was his name? Albert Hoffman. 1938? Yep. Albert Hoffman, 1938, synthesizing shit somewhere in his mother's basement and come <laughs> up with, let's say... <laughs> Tommy's having a stroke. Please stand by. <laughs> when do you give a stroke victim? Quick. <laughs> I have no fucking idea, Pat. I'm a pharmacist all of a sudden. What's yes. Try? Lysergic acid diamethylide. Okay, you know also what? Also known as LSD. Okay. And he didn't make it in his basement. He was a member of a pharmaceutical company called Sandoz Laboratories. And he's performing research on chemical derivatives from a rye fungus while trying to find a circulatory and respiratory stimulant. Okay, stop. If you left me in the middle of nowhere... Mm-hmm. With those words, yes, I would have no idea what any of those were. Like how to how to save myself. How what what the hell does in any other of words, that mean? In other words, that he was doing research on getting chemical byproducts from a rye fungus. A rye fungus. A fungus which grows on rye. It's a, it's a specific As fungus. opposed to a fungus with a very dry sense of humor. Well, <laughs> yes, okay. I guess Okay. So, that's what he was performing research on. So, that was in 1938 when he first What was he looking it. for? Well, like I said, they were trying to find these, these chemicals. They were trying to find new ways of making drugs or whatever to affect your circulatory system and your and your breathing. They were trying to find medications for that. Okay, so I'm going to be annoying here. Okay. Is rye fungus the go-to for solutions when it comes to those sorts of medical issues? Not only rye fungus, other fungi as well. Fungi. Just the plural of fungus. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just thinking, In case you were... He's a really fun guy. Yeah, he's a really fun guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, okay. All right. But then... So- it sounds it sounds sort of like they're out there swinging in the dark. Well, yeah, that's what they were. That's what they were doing research on. They and they stumbled across LSD. Yes, but they, it wasn't until about um, five years later, on April 16th, 1943, Hoffman accidentally got some on his fingertips and became consumed by, you know, absorbed through the skin. And he felt the effects of it. So... Which involved hallucinations and this whole, you, you know the feeling. And three days later, on April 19th, he in, intentionally ingested 
250 micrograms of LSD and began to feel its effects while riding home on his bicycle. Oh, that's not a good time. So now April 19th is now known in some circles as Bicycle Day. <laughs> so, what is it? Job semester and you ride your bike? There yes. <laughs> wow. So, LSD, so the, the, the laboratory, Sandoz Laboratories, started producing it in 1947 under the trade name Delicid. And it was for psychiatric use. And it became very popular in the use of psychiatry. Time Magazine had written four positive articles on it in the late 50s. Undergrad psychology students would take LSD as part of their education. Between 1950 and 1965, it was prescribed to over 40,000 patients and was used to treat depression, alcoholism, drug addiction, anxiety, personality disorders, and for use in psychotherapy. Well, I got all of those. <laughs> then you qualify. I got every single one of them on that list. Right? What do you say? No, okay, so LSD, huh? That's my last hope, LSD. Yep. Ain't that a kick in the soft parts. But once it became popularized by the likes of Dr. Timothy Leary and Ken Kesey well, and the very pranksters. popular, then it's just... Well, it's, it became widespread in use, which didn't really, really make the, 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 the company very happy that produced it. So they took it off the market in 1965. But then there were what they called renegade chemists and who were started making it on their own. And the most famous was Owsley Stanley. Okay. He became famous for what became known as Owsley Acid. Okay. Uh, but it was finally made illegal in the U.S. in 1968, and all research uh, into its medical use ended by 1980. Okay. I love this story. Right? Yeah. In 1953, the CIA, under a project called Project MK Ultra, conducted or sponsored through front organizations both official LSD tests on willing volunteers, as well as dosing people without their knowledge or consent. Oh, I love this. And story. they did this to thousands of people, and they didn't catch. They didn't learn about this until the 1970s, and a special Senate, I think, Senate or House committee. Then began looking into all this. <laughs> so what do we? Where where are we today? Where does all this land? Well, right now it's still officially illegal. It's not. It has no prescribed medical use. Um, Is anybody studying it anywhere? Overseas, they are. They're studying it. Okay. Uh, and like I said, they're still studying for the uses I've described before. What it was treating? What What was its success rate in treating those those? Those symptoms, those disorders, those... Well, with, I know one of the alcoholism studies, it said it successfully treated them for like about six months to a year, but then the success rate tapered off after that. Okay. So I guess, I guess, I guess once you get used to a thing, it no longer has an effect, maybe. I don't know. But it was considered fairly successful in helping to treat these kind of problems, especially uh, anxiety-related issues. I've... Only because it seems like I've come across a headline that said that. Okay. I mean, I know. I also read that they're using it now to treat what they call cluster headaches. I don't know anything about that. Neither do I. I'm not even sure what they are. But that's, that's why I read that there's being research done on that now with the use of LSD. A cluster headache sounds all kind of awful. Yeah, right? I don't know if that's related to the migraine headache. I don't know. Huh. I have no idea. Any kind of headache is, is just bad. Yep. Have you ever tried LSD? I have not. No? 
Back in high school, because I was in high school in the 70s, of course, we supposedly dropped acid, but we don't have any idea what, what it was it real or not, or what the dosage was. If what we took was acid, it was, I didn't see, I didn't hallucinate. Colors were heightened to me, especially the color green. Now, I tell you this, I have had a number of those experiences. Okay. Yeah, let the dog out. Dude, you're in a college dorm. I hear the dog barking. Somebody's got a dog. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But to go out and buy LSD and know that I am taking LSD, it could have been LSD. Yeah. It could have been. It could not have been, you know? That was the 80s. Right? God. Well, for me, it was the 70s. Well, for you, it was, <laughs> you, know, you tell the story by painting it on the side of the cave. <laughs> we now move on to our next historical event. On November 16th, 1940... A man named George Metesky planted a bomb on the windowsill at a Conid power plant on West 64th Street in Manhattan. Stop. I have heard nothing beyond the word McTesky. Because all I see is like an Irish testicle with all of the Irish. Well, well, no, I don't think he was Irish. McTesky. McTesky. Say it again. M-E-T-E-S-K-Y. Metesky. Yes. Metesky. And I thought it was... McTesky. No. McTesky! <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! You're going to have to go back to there because I didn't hear anything that happened after that. I was looking at the little McTesky. I'll little speak very <laughs> slowly then so you can understand every word. McTesky. <laughs> On November 16th, 1940, 40. a mechanic named George McTesky Planted a bomb on a windowsill. Oh my god, that wasn't nice. A windowsill. Whose windowsill? At a Con Ed. That's Consolidated Edison. Edison. They used to have something to do with oil. Yes, well, a power plant on 64th Street in Manhattan. Seems kind of weird that a power plant could have a windowsill hanging out like open with the curtains flitting. What's going on? I don't know. Go ahead. Put it on a windowsill. It was found before it went off, and there was a note attached to it saying, Con Edison Crooks, this is for you. Uh, so he's pissed. Oh, yes. Wow. And this was the first of 33 bombs that he planted. Oh, dear. Between 1940 and 1956. Wow. And he became known as the Mad Bomber. Really? Yeah, I'm surprised you never heard of him. I have never heard of him. Wow. He uh, planted 33 bombs, 22 of which exploded, injuring 15 people. He was previously a mechanic at Con Ed who was injured and disabled by a boiler explosion. After six months of receiving six pay, he lost his job, and his workers' compensation claim was denied for being, for being filed too late. So this was his way of taking revenge. His preferred use of bomb was a gunpowder-filled gun pipe bomb, with an ignition mechanism attached to it. They did him dirty, though. Yes, they did. But it doesn't give him the right to do what he did. Hold on a second. Because when you get dirty done to you like that, you need a second before you can continue without responding like he did. He didn't wait a second. Right. Go ahead. So so he he's using what type of bomb? A pipe bomb, basically. A pipe bomb. With gunpowder. Okay. Like, I don't know how bombs work. Now, he started in 1940, and he only planted two bombs, and both of them didn't go off. When the U.S. then entered World War II in the end of December 1941, the police got a letter saying, I will make no more bomb units for the duration of the war 
My patriotic feelings have made me decide this. Later I will bring the Con Edison to justice. They will pay for their dastardly deeds. Signed, F.P. So, he kept to his word and did not plant any more bombs during World War II. Out of patriotism. Yes. His first post-war bomb was planted on March 29th, 1951, at the Grand Central Terminal. In their flower box. <laughs> I think, well, actually, yes, as a matter of fact. I think so. Well, no, it cold, but it was, I think it was in an urn of some kind. From, that, from then and then to 1956, he planted uh, bombs at Penn Station five times, Radio City Music Hall three times, oh. the New York Public Library twice, the Port Authority twice, the RCA building, as well as subway stations and movie theaters. And how many of them actually exploded? 22. 22 of them. Out of 33. Now, this case was among the first criminal investigations to utilize criminal profiling. Okay. The police went to the uh, member of the New York State Commission on Mental Hygiene. 1980, you said? This is no 1950s. Oh. And he wrote up a whole profile and everything. He predicted, and one of the things he predicted that when he would be caught, that the barber would be wearing a double-breasted suit buttoned up. Get out of here. So anyway, the barber was like sending letters to newspapers, and a con ed clerk who was reviewing workers' compensation records found his file, Uh compared what he was writing to the letters in the newspapers. Okay. They alert the police, and he's arrested in January of 1957. When they come to his home, he's wearing pajamas. When they tell him he has to come downtown, he changes. What does he put on? Double-breasted suit buttons. That's weird. Right? That's pretty That's pretty good uh, profiling. Yeah, but that's beyond profiling. Hey, he guessed it. No, that's psycho craziness. <laughs> anyway, he was brought into court. He was determined to be a paranoid schizophrenic and therefore legal in, legally insane. And he was committed to a hospital for the criminally insane in upstate New York. He was released in 1973, and he died in 1994 at the age of 90. Where? At his home. I don't know where he was living. He never tried to bomb anything ever again? Nope. He, when he released him, he forswore any more violence, uh, but not his grievance against Con Ed. Did Con Ed still exist? Mm-hmm. Okay. Does Con Ed still exist today? I guess, yeah. One's one form or another. It's Yeah. It's the power company in the it's city. It's the power so. company in the city. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, happy birthday to you. What was his name? George, George Metesky. <laughs> M-E-T-E-S-K-Y. Uh, Metesky. Now known as a showbiz Irish testicle. Yeah. Metesky. Next, <laughs> next up, on this date... Three Broadway shows uh, opened up. Three Broadway shows opened up on this day, November 16th, 19... Well, in 1959, The Sound 59. of Music opened. The Sound of Music Mary November. Martin and Theodore right. Bikel. In 1968, Zorba the Greek opened. Okay. And in 1981, Merrily We Roll Along, the musical opened. Ain't that some shit. And then closed after 16 performances. Okay, but it was George Kaufman's birthday on the same day. Right? Well, no figure. Knew- no, that's some that's some that's like some he's gonna be wearing a double breasted two button kind of shit right there. Synchronicity. Don't like it. <laughs> Not random enough. Not random enough? No, it's but it's when a, a, a world full of random craziness and then two things fall into place like that and it's crazy. How many years how many years after his birthday 
What he was born in? What year? He was born in eighteen eighty nine. Eighteen eighty nine, and yep. it opened in nineteen eighty one. Okay, so that's so like that's like ten or fifteen years after. Yeah. No, no, it's about almost a hundred years after. Yeah, something like that. Because <laughs> math is not your forte. Not my forte. Not my forte at all. Um, I sometimes mistake it as a five take. That's how bad my math is. <laughs> oh my god, that was pretty fucking bad. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm dad dad joke age. Yeah, yeah. Take some of that. I'm going to. I'm moving in. <laughs> uh, there may not be any. Oh, then we'll take care of that yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, we now move on to what day it is, or what day is it? National Day of Cheddar flavored popcorn. No. No, but we can go on to National Fast Food Day. This is something I can get behind. What's your favorite fast oh, food, Thomas? Jesus, you know what? I crave different things. There are times only a Whopper will do. Okay. Same thing, quarter pounder. Wendy's does the best burger by far above all of them. It almost doesn't matter what burger you choose. They're amazing. I, I love fast food. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, my, my favorite is probably Checkers. Oh, I don't like their fries. See, I do like their fries. I, I like the spicy fries. Yeah, I, spice doesn't bother me. I don't like it's gritty. No, it doesn't, they don't bother me. I yeah, like the fries. I don't like it. And I like their burgers, too. They do a good burger. They do a really good burger. They do a good chicken, too. But, I mean, otherwise, almost every... I really don't eat a lot of fast food. Oh, God. There was a time for... for I mean, for, if, I, if I'm desperate and I need to eat something, I won't go to McDonald's. McDonald's is like the last one on my list. Oh. It's the worst. They have a double but if I had to like go to like McDonald's or Burger King, I'll go to Burger King, you know? And even that's, you know, I don't like, I'm not a big fast food fan. Uh, okay. There was a time for probably the other side of two decades where if it wasn't given to me out of the window by some woman or some teenage boy, it wasn't food. If I didn't get it at a drive-thru, it wasn't food. Well, back then when we were teenagers around 20s, yeah, that was a whole different story. But now uh, we're, we know better. That's You're hilarious. <laughs> um, no, there's a reason that you don't like going <coughs> fast food. There's a reason that it sells as much as it does. There's, it's horrible <coughs> what it's done. Well, I found a pl- uh, site that lists ways to eat healthy at a fast food restaurant. They all offer a salad. Would you like to hear those ways? I would love to hear them. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, you can order a salad, which is very... And usually the salads are good. Oh, uh, yeah. Wendy's has great salads. Right. You should choose grilled over fried. Always. Which is why I prefer the Burger King, because they are grilled, their, their burgers. Okay. Right. They Yes. And they all have a grilled chicken. Yep. You should swap out the fries for a salad. Onion uh, salad. Right, right, right. For a salad. Sorry. You should skip the soda and drink water. Water. You should order a kid's meal, because they're smaller portions. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and lastly, if they have soups and they're broth-based, go ahead and order those. See, anything that sits in a pot for a long time in a fast food restaurant... Yeah, that would have me a little nervous also. It's a little sketchy to me. I love the Wendy's chili. Okay. But there are times, and I don't know why when it happens, I don't know why, but there are times it's just the idea of it skeeves me out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I don't own it, but... Yeah, you could do you could do not so bad at a uh, fast food place. No, you can if, if you really Especially want to. Especially now, you know? they, all, they all have the salads. Some of the salads are great. They, they come with a protein if you want to put the chicken on it. Uh, the grilled chicken as opposed to the fried chicken, but every now and again, fuck it, I had a day, I'm going to have the fried chicken eat me. Right. Uh, so, but still, yeah, yeah. Cool. They're, they're, I love fast food. Happy fast food day. Happy fa- National Fast Food Day. Happy fast food day. 
We now move on to our next segment in which we take that a was look. the last of the days. That was the last of the days. Today doesn't mean anything. Well, it's fast food, so I guess that's isn't that enough? It 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 would be. You'd think. I mean, I know you're not happy about it being the national International Day of Tolerance. But I, I I'm happy about the day and the intent. I don't like the word. Okay. Well, we'll move on to our next segment in which we now take a look into my briefs. Oh. Now, to be just be really quick because there's really not much to report on. Well, I like the I like the legal part of this segment. Okay, it's the intro that gets me every time. You don't like the name of it? I I have the wrong image in my head. I well, that's the whole idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see you, so maybe my reaction is different. Maybe than that's why other people's would. Maybe be. that's so, why. Yeah. But I was going to be talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Do we know? Oh, no. no and, but the jury has been deliberating, and from my understanding, they have retired for the evening, and I've been waiting all this time to see if anything would change, but no, that was You it. and two billion people all over the world. I know, right? find out what goes on with this thing. Well, my general feeling is I will not be surprised if there is an acquittal, at least on the higher charges. Let me ask you a question. What if yes. they come back with secondary charges or something? Is this judge... Going to throw out the jury's verdict if he don't like it. That is a possibility. That is a possibility. This guy's a loose cannon. As we can see. I don't know how he would survive as a judge in New York State, but this is what they have in Wisconsin. But uh, I'm not familiar with... I don't like the way that sounded. Why? Because it, it makes Wisconsin sound like it's not as good as New York. When it comes to lawyers and judges, I'll go with New York lawyers and judges every day. So you're going to stand behind that? Yep. Damn right I will. Let's go. Damn right I will. Let's go. But what I was going to say about this judge, he has the power to basically set aside the verdict. Right. If they find him guilty and he disagrees with it, he can set he can aside set the verdict. Aside. He has that power. And then what does that, what does that, what happens next? What does that set off? Nothing really. Well, somebody's going to appeal. You can't appeal an acquittal. You can appeal a conviction. Can you appeal judicial misconduct, judicial... Because this guy's been crazy. Yes, you could if you wanted to, if they wanted to go that far and bring some kind of complaints, whatever, against the judge, they have that option. But that's not basis for an appeal. Because no, the state it's not going to affect. Appeal. It's not going to affect that. Exactly. The, the state can't appeal yeah, in so a criminal not, charge. As far as I know. I'm sorry, I am no expert on... Well, that's the ba- that's, isn't that sort of the basis of the foundation of the, the, the basement of the, the beginnings of this very seed, the whole the impetus, the whole uh, birthing of our American system of justice? Well, it's designed, ostensibly, to protect a criminal defendant and make sure that his rights are protected. You got Exactly. So it's, 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 it is defendant-based. Yes, if you want to look at that way. Whether our justice system, our justice system is run that way is a whole different story. Exactly. You know, and sometimes there, there it doesn't work. No. no sometimes it doesn't. you give the defendant all the rights and they still keep fucking, and there are some people that are just guilty, and yeah, okay, but you still, you got to do this, because otherwise we have what we had over there in Britain, and we don't want it. So this is how we're going to do this here. You got to prove it. And sometimes it's not going to be clean. And it's going to be messy. But we're going to make sure that nobody is a victim of the state. And that's not happening. No, that's not happening. That's not even that's not even an issue in this, in this I don't think. No, at least I don't think so. I don't, I don't at all. But, you know, it's a question of, oh, you know, he's going to be acquitted and we know he's guilty. And what people forget, because they're not attorneys, I don't expect them to remember this. 
is that you have to prove. Oh, I adore you. Oh my you. God, we're taking I a break for you. key lime pie. We, Thank we you, honey. We delivered key lime pie by our producer. But I'll be finished my thought. Did I on finish this. your thought? No, we're going to keep going. <gasps> and we were just delivered napkins no. by the by the youthful by ward. By the youthful You're ward. Welcome. Thank you, boy. Thank you, Bryce. Anyway, we're talking about the child and the question of his guilt. And what people have to remember is you have to prove the guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, I'm sure all of us armchair judges at home have not been watching this trial from beginning to end. You're just going by the news report. You're going by the television reports and the newspapers. They're not going to give you a full picture. And yes, I know we've seen the videotape of the shooting. I think based on what happened in that video, in that video of the shootings, a jury may find that the prosecution has not proved their case beyond a reasonable doubt. Whether that's going to satisfy people is a whole different story, and that's not going to satisfy it. No matter what the verdict is, people are going to be unhappy. Absolutely. People are going to be unhappy. Right. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to be pissed. It's a no-win situation. For that jury. Yeah. If you put any stress on the jury, that should not be the jury's concern. No, it shouldn't be. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's like against all principles for it to be. So you have to think that the jury is protected from that, or you hope the jury is protected from that. On the other hand, they ordered up how many hundreds of state militia to be in the area. He's supposedly they ordered like I think five hundred national guard, national guard, on, right, right. on I guess standby. So it's a it's just it's a real serious thing. I mean, what do you think of the of the way the cases were presented? Because unlike some, I watched that would that that was broadcast live that trial, and I watched. What I could have been. I didn't watch a lot. I watched Kyle Rittenhouse's cross-examination by the prosecution. Okay. I was not particularly impressed. I don't think he's a very strong It looks like it looked prosecutor. Like he, it looked like he threw that. The guy who did the rebuttal closing argument. Yeah. He was so much more impressive as a as a delivering presence. Yeah, the lead prosecutor in this I was not impressed with at all. And when he tried to basically subvert a judge's order on what he, they could be questioned about it, and you did it without consulting the judge. For instance, what that mean? Yeah, you don't ambush a judge. Let's put it this way. That's the one thing about this case. Usually when you see a judge in a criminal case like this, they are very much working in tandem with the prosecution. Because they're both working for the state, you know? Exactly. So I think everyone's kind of like gobsmacked by this judge who seems to be, appears to be, Bending over to accommodate the defendant in this case. Let's go back for a second. Doesn't the basic foundation of the laws, the rules of the law, demand exactly that? What? That you bend over backwards for the defendant. There's bending over... No, there's accommodating a defendant, and there's doing some of the things that that this judge has done. I mean, for instance, the defense had a witness that they were going to be calling up. I guess this was on Veterans Day. And the judge asked who was in the courtroom who was a veteran. Anybody the defense the witness said he was. So the judge had asked him all for a round of applause for him to thank him for his service. Right. You've already you've now put this defense witness in such a favorable light. It's like, what are you doing? Right out of that applause walks this witness. Right. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. But like I said, if there's an acquittal, the prosecution can't appeal an acquittal. You know, it's. You think you'll get acquitted? I think on the on the on the top charges, yeah. On the on the higher charges, yeah, he will. On some of the lower ones, I don't know. They may get him on the reckless homicide. I don't know. I don't know. 
getting rid of that gun charge was a yeah, that, fucking I, shock. I mean, like, yeah, that weapon. was surprising. So he got rid of the unlawful possession of a weapon. I didn't understand. And he did it. And it had something to do with the length of the barrel of the gun. So it's something in, obviously, Wisconsin law that none of us have looked into to see exactly what they're talking about. That's what it really came down to. Because I was reading, I was like, I don't understand this. And it's all about the length of the barrel of the gun. I was like, okay, but obviously it must be something in Wisconsin's penal law, you know? A minutia. Right? Yes. But it took him that long to figure it out. He had to dismiss that charge on the day of the closing argument? I, I Well, only because if he feels there was no evidence presented to support the charge, then he has the right to re- to dismiss the charge. Whenever he sees fit. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep, nothing unusual. Nothing unusual. Generally, I think generally of, speaking. I think the timing of that was suspect. No, there was nothing supposed suspect about the timing of it. He did it after the close of presentation of evidence. So he has that discretion. I understand. Okay. I understand. That makes sense. Yeah. He has that discretion. Yeah, that's about all I have to say on this case. I know there's the other case going on right now, the uh, Ahmad Arbery oh, case man. is going on as well. That guy can't keep his foot out of his mouth long enough. Well, that means, yeah, that defense attorney, I know, keeps just burying himself because he's freaking out over the African-American pastors who are coming. It's like, don't you realize the more you put the spotlight on yeah. that, the more they're going to come what down. you just did. It's like, you idiot. Yeah. I mean, you just, you made an idiot, an idiot of yourself. Uh-huh. And no, um, maybe he didn't know that Jesse Jackson was going to be the next. He was going to be. Doesn't matter. Anybody can be in that courtroom. Anybody if, can be in the court. But for him to stand up and say, "Can we put a stop to the, the black pastors?" Black pastors. It was like, what is wrong with you? Appearances in the courtroom. Yeah. Does that mean that the white pastors are acceptable then? Yeah. yeah you well, know. Well, yes. This is a stupid thing. It was an incredibly stupid Inc- thing to say. Incredibly stupid thing to say. And I think this case is. A, I wouldn't say it's clear cut. But I think it's pretty conviction clear. seems more likely in, in, that, this, in case, this case. If the, I tell you what, if this case goes anywhere near an acquittal, there's a there's there's a problem. I know the problem exists beyond this case or and the result of it. But this case is so fucking clear. Yeah, it should be clear. There's not not like the Kyle Wittenhouse where okay, everything that you and I think about. His intention and why he guarded himself and he went across state lines and nobody asked him to be the protector of their property. And had, well, well, beyond all of that, I got caught up in that. So hold on a minute. I have to get myself Well, I think back. I can carry your thought on that. Go ahead. I think, depending on what happens in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, the whole issue of what constitutes self-defense is going to be bandied about because, unfortunately, with the direction our country is heading in right now, in which we're fighting off the fascist Republican Party and their supporters of fascism. Well, some of us are. And it more than likely is going to get more violent in the future. Absolutely. This whole Kyle Rittenhouse self-defense thing is going to become an issue. But even if that comes out, what I'm saying is the evidence there, the, the video evidence, mm-hmm. the, that most compelling of evidence, um, is 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 blurry and it's loud and it's confusing. It's a chaotic scene. I don't know where to look and what's going on. It is things. a chaotic scene. Absolutely. And you're and you're being asked to apply the logic of law to chaos. this chaos and to gonna, this chaos and, and arrive at a just conclusion. Different angles. Yeah. At different times, and it's all going to, and, and now here he is doing this, and then 15 minutes later in this camera, he's over here with this, and yeah, no, he's not over here, forget all of that know. noise craziness on the side, he's up here. Uh, yeah, it was hard. It was I mean, hard. don't get us wrong, I think this, 
he should be punished in some way or another, and don't forget there'll probably be civil trials after this. Oh, you bet your ass is going to be But I'm just trials. not convinced that he's going to be convicted by this jury in this courthouse. I'm just not convinced of that. You don't, a, jury, a jury is probably the loosest of canons. We now move on to our next segment. Awkward. Called We Like to Watch. Oh, did you watch anything exciting or new this past week, Thomas? I watched a whole series, a single series of episodes of another serial killer, detectives and, and finding the serial killer. Okay. Uh, was this any particular serial killer? No. Or was each, it a bunch of them? Each episode, except for the double episode, was its own Okay. Was its own case. Now, were, now, were these about serial killers that you were not familiar with, or were they ones that you were familiar with? Well, it's it's a combination. See, there's hundreds of serial killers. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, are, like, are you, like, watching every program on these serial killers, even though, like, they're covering the same serial killers again and again and again and no, again? No, there's again? always a new serial killer. Okay. okay. But sometimes they even go overseas for them. Okay. Russian serial. Oh yes, I've I've there, there was a great HBO movie about a Russian serial also, killer years ago. Yeah, th- those people are fucking out of their minds. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they are. Uh, uh, anyway, at a wedding, you know, now you make them a serial killer, and God knows what you let loose. But anyway, so uh, I watched Kyle Rittenhouse a lot. Okay. Of Kyle Rittenhouse more than I should have. Um, uh, I'm still really happy with the way uh, what you called ended. Impeachment. Impeachment. Uh, American Crime American Story. Impeachment. Impeachment. Yes. You didn't watch it. No, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch a lot of TV this past couple of weeks. I believe you should find, get a young person, get the youthful ward. I'll get the youthful ward. To find for you the series. Okay. And watch it. Okay. Just, you know, binge on it. Okay. Over, over two nights. It's really, really good. Well, I'm going for my booster shot next week, so maybe after I get that, and I'm feeling. I'm not what are you expecting? You're going to be wrapped in a blanket with a cup of soup and I'm a thermometer. Ex- I'm expecting that I will feel side effects from the booster shot, and I'm going to be wanting to lay down. So I'll lay down in the den and watch TV. You're anticipating that. Huh? I'm anticipating that. Does your walker have the 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 uh, tennis balls on the front? <laughs> Fuck you. Wheels on the back. Bite me. The brake. You got a handbrake on your walker? So did you watch anything else besides serial killers? Uh, probably, yes. Uh, the drag races. Uh, of course. The drag races. Yeah, the other, the other Ryan Murphy thing is, is over two weeks now. So you have a whole... Oh my like, God, so that's something new to watch. Yeah, and it's hard. Not for nothing, fuck you. It's hard to uh, get something new to yes watch. Yes, it can be. Yes, that's can why, be. and that's a lot why I end up back on another serial killer thing. Because... I can. I don't have to pay attention to that while I'm looking for something out. Okay. Well, I may have a few things for you here on my list. Please give me a few. Well, one of them I actually watched this past week uh, was the Marvel movie Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Never gonna watch it. We watched it on the Disney Channel. Have you been watching any of the Marvel superhero movies? Uh, I no. 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 To to what? The answer to your question is no. There might have been a movie that I saw. Okay. Without knowing whether or not it was a Marvel or a The Handle or a okay. Legretto. Well, it's a, it's a Marvel superhero movie. I, but I don't know the difference in the Marvel superheroes to the other brands. Well, there's also the DC Comics, so those superheroes. Yes. So those are all different. I don't know the difference. So when okay. I see a superhero, I don't know off the, the top of my head whether it's a DC or a Marvel. Well, overall, being that you're just a general viewer, 
Uh, it really shouldn't matter whether they're DC or Marvel. They're okay. two different so, studios. And now back to the question. Yes. About specifically, have I seen any of the Marvel movies? Yes. I might have. Okay. Although I don't do a lot of time watching superhero movies. Okay. Okay. I like Superman's costume very much. Okay. He's DC Comics. And and although I haven't seen it, Captain America. He's Marvel. Is everything. Okay. Well, if uh, this one I liked, I saw guys. I, I saw this one, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You couldn't get me near it. Actually, it's worth watching. It's because what I liked about it is it's not in the whole Western canon of the Marvel comics. This one takes place in the Asian cultures. Okay. Uh, so it was a, it's a nice change of atmosphere in what they're doing. It was nice. It was just nice seeing a movie which wasn't dominated by just all white actors again. You know, uh, well, that's it was all thing. Asian actors, and it was really, really well done. It was a good story, good action sequences, and it was just. I needed popcorn from the blind, and that's what I got. Who directed it? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't recall. Do you know anything about the person who directed it? I don't. How can I know if I know anything about the person who directed it if I don't know who directed it? Was it a female? I don't know. Do you know there are times when anybody in the world would hate you? Would you like me to look it up and find out who directed it? I would like to know, but I don't want you to look it oh, up. Oh, no, 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 no. See, I, I don't want to deprive you now. Heaven forbid I should do that. Like so I will try to find that out for you to see who directed it. It was directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Not what I was hoping for. And what were you hoping for? I was hoping for an Asian woman. Well, it was not an Asian woman. Okay. But it's a big thumbs up for that movie. I highly recommend it. Uh, and you found it on Disney Channel? Yes. Good, I don't get Disney Channel. You don't get the Disney Channel? No, I don't get the Disney oh Channel. Oh my God, are you a communist? No, I, somebody gave me a quick note <laughs> so I could see, I think it was Hamilton. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to co-chair Disney, thank you. Okay, okay. I'll co-chair my, my fucking Netflix. I, you know, I'll... Uh, I think that's what we're supposed to do with it. Okay. Go ahead. Well, there's a series that's returning now for its second season this Friday on Hulu called oh. The Great. Okay. I don't know if you saw the first season. Spelled great. The Great. G-R-E-A-T. As in Catherine. As in Catherine. I, I have been watching that. It's been years since the last yes. season. Well, the second season is starting this Friday. Which means, in order to know what's going on, I'm going to have to go back and watch the entire first season again. Because it's been that long. Yeah, it has been that long. It's been over a year. I'll probably watch the last episode again. Yeah, I like that. I, liked, I, liked I really liked it. It was Elle Fanning yeah. and uh, Nicholas Holt was in it. Really, it was really... I mean, I don't know how, it probably is not very historically accurate. Oh, no. God, but it's really good. I, I it's really it's amusing. Yeah, yeah, it's very the good. acting's great. The writing's good. It's yes. really, I really enjoyed it a lot. There's so, a couple of those. That looking are. forward to that. Also, this Friday, coming on Netflix, is the premiere of, well, the premiere on Netflix of the new uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda film, Tick, Tick, Boom, starring what, Andrew Garfield. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this? I really want to see it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I liked, I never saw the show, but I have the score. Really, really like the score a lot. It's really, really good. Uh, and knowing it's being done by Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know it's in good hands. Well, 
Not only because of Lin-Manuel Miranda's obvious talents, although in this case he's going in as a director. Yeah, his first time. Uh, so, and of, of film. Yeah. So, and I'm sure he had, had all of the help he asked Oh, for please, on do, Netflix, of course. Yeah, you know Okay, did. so you, uh, you can be confident in that, but you can trust him telling this particular story. Mm-hmm. The story of Jonathan Larson. Probably... More than anybody else, I was gonna. I was gonna. I hesitated because I wanted to say he might could tell the story of Sondheim, like no, like better than anyone. But I'm not sure no, if he could do sure. it better than anybody else. Yeah. But Jonathan Larson, doing yeah, he's a perfect choice for this. Nobody else to tell this story. Yeah. Did he finance this? Who? Uh, I don't know. Do I have to look that up too? Uh, it would be fun <laughs> to know because it would be small. I I hope to fuck. He I'm did. sure he did. I'm sure Netflix. Oh, uh, uh, and you know, yeah, it's all Netflix. Yeah, it's all Netflix. Yeah, he just directed it. We now move on to the last show I'm going to talk to you about coming on NBC on December 2nd. Annie Live. Oh, see. Starring newcomer Selena Smith as Annie. Congratulations, Selena. Good for you, girl. You go get it. Taraji P. Henson as Miss Taraji P. Henson as Miss Hannigan. I don't know who that is. You'd recognize if you saw her picture. Let me see if I can pull her up. Because uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't recognize her name at first. She's been like she's been like all over. You will definitely recognize when you see her okay. face. Here we go. That's her. You oh, recognize her? She's been no. like in everything. She's like all no. over the damn place. Good for her. Yeah. She's playing Hannigan. She's playing Hannigan. She doesn't look like she's older than 25. She was, uh, she's 51. Holy fuck you, girl. <laughs> and What's I her, what is her name? Age. I'm going to make a sign about her. What's her name? Taraji P. Henson. I don't, I'm mad at you. Anyway, Harry Connick Jr. is playing girl. Daddy Warbucks. Hold on a second. Hold <laughs> on. Stop. This is the live thing. Yep. Okay, stop. Full stop. Okay. Is he going to be bald? I don't know. I'm betting not. Because why? Because they've been straying away from that in recent productions. They've been straying away from a bald Daddy Warbucks. My feeling is every, that that to not let Harry Connick appear without his hair is a crime against nature, humanity, and the 3rd through 20th Amendments. <laughs> it, it should just, he should not appear in a bald cap. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sure he won't be. I'm I, sure if I, he was going to do I, a bowl, Jesus I'm sure God, he'd shave his he... head. But I'm something tells me no, that's not going to happen. Because from what I've uh, from what I've seen of more recent productions and over the years, they've moved away they've from moved the bowl, Daddy Warbucks. I'm glad. I'm suspicious. Why? Because it's so iconic. Well, let me tell you who else is. Understanding it's a totally fictional character. Wait, no, hold on. I'm recovering from the idea of getting of Harry Connick appearing without that head of hair. Okay. okay. I'm I sure he's... Fucking I'm, minute. I'm thinking you can rest assured that he will have a full head of hair. Now I want to bet you that he won't. Because <laughs> then you said, I hope he shaves it instead of a bald cap. And I'm thinking now, hold well, on Well, if he was going to do life, the bald daddy warheads. Now, listen to me finish. My world slowed down a second because I thought, yeah, what if Harry Connick Jr. shaved his head? Right. That could be hot. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to wait and see about Harry Connick Jr. And okay. Certainly, he can act and sing. He's adorable. I love him. Good for you, Harry Connick Jr. Yes. Titus Burgess is playing uh, Rooster. Okay, that's fun. Right. Megan Hilty is playing Lily St. Regis. Now, uh, there is there is uh, scandal around this? Not around that. 
Andrew McArdle is making an appearance in this show. Andrew McArdle was the original Annie on Broadway. Yes, she, she was. She was the Annie on opening night. Yes, she was. Of the Broadway thing that, that became this worldwide Annie thing. Yes, exactly. Okay, so she is appearing in the... In the in this Annie in Live. In this live thing. Who is she appearing as? As the newly created character of, of Eleanor Roosevelt. I don't like it. I know. I know. Now... I feel, I saw the trailer for West Side Story. Okay, yeah, so did I. Okay. First of all, West Side Story. Yes. And, and if if Steven Spielberg wants to take the time mm -hmm. to create West Side Story, I think you let him. Yes. I don't think you could stop him. No, I don't think so either. But I think you should not poo-poo, poo-poo no, the not. idea of a new West Side Story. I don't think so either. All right. The that being said, without seeing anything, I always thought fucking Steven Spielberg. He could make any movie in the world he wants. Why is Steven Spielberg gonna, gonna go chase after West Side Story for what? Exactly. He don't need it. No, he don't. So he has something to say about it. Otherwise, he's not gonna make it. Right. What I don't like. Okay. Rita Moreno. I love that they want to put Rita Moreno in. I love that they want to include her. I right. love it's the respectful, good thing to do. What they did was they changed the Doc character from Doc, and now the the the, the owner of the shop where Tony works, the center of the Jets universe, yeah. the soda shop yeah. where it all happens. That now is run by I don't know what. Character, what the character's name is going to be, but now it's now a woman. Now it is now a Puerto Rican woman. Okay. In the body of... Yeah, that doesn't make Rita sense. Rita Moreno. Yeah. I think... Oh, my God. Our youthful ward... Oh, my God. He's doing bald. <gasps> he is doing bald. Harry Connick is going bald. For and it's show. hot. Let me see. Let me see. Look, you hold on a second. Oh, my God. Brenda, what did you give it to him first? Oh, for? my God. Look at... That. You know what a hog Look he is. Look at that. I know, but he was the one who was bitching about him being bold. So. I know. Oh, my God. Can I see it now, please? In a second. Okay, hold on. Christ. Go. Oh, my God. Okay, it's not horrible. It's not as bad as I thought it was No. Oh, that's hot. Was Tell me that awful. ain't hot. He looks like a gay Yule Brenner. <laughs> Tell me that ain't hot. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, you know? Thankful, thank you, YW. <laughs> we now move on to our final segment of the show. Ding, 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 ding. The grumpy old gay men gripe, gripe of, of the, the week. week. What's your gripe this week, Thomas? As I said to you when we started, I, I don't, I hadn't thought about it, so I don't have one prepared. And then we both laughed and said, ha, 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 in 90 minutes, something will piss you off. Yeah. So you'll have a gripe of the week. And I got to say, I've had fun for the past 90 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, so if I'm, if I'm going to just pick a general gripe. Yes. Let's pick a general, just a general gripe. A general gripe. Well, what pissed you off this week? I, I didn't I, I don't interact with very many people over the course of the week. It doesn't have to be people, it could be things that piss you off. Mm, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, I, I'm I guess I'm pretty cushy right now. There's, okay, uh, nothing wrong with that. You're entitled. I'm not uh, I work every weekend with the public, so fill in your blanks. Okay. I can go there, but who the fuck wants to hear that all over again about we're dealing anything with the public? I still have not had yet. Okay. A true Karen experience. Because I'm the manager. Yes. So when they ask, it's me. Okay. Okay. Now, that puts a different spin on the Karen thing. Yes. 
Okay? Because you're now their target. Right. Uh, but I have not had, and I know my mother would call this the guinea curse I'm putting on myself. It's going to happen this weekend. Okay. There's going to be a Karen. There's going to be a Karen. Well, how fun. So, yes, you don't have one. I don't, I don't, I wasn't prepared. That's I, okay. I, I'm sorry, 11 weeks in, I should be prepared. I, That's okay. I we'll forgive not you. Prepared. It's easy enough to come up with a gripe of the week, and I just didn't. And I'm trying to now in my head, and I keep talking. Stalling well, that's right. Well, maybe because I, maybe if mine will trigger something. Oh, new. that would. That's a good idea. Here's maybe the, that'll here's the guy. See, my gripe is actually it's kind of an annual gripe, but it's just the way it's happening this year. It's the people itching to celebrate Christmas. Oh yeah, every Today year is only. Does that little... even count anymore? What? Go ahead. I know it shouldn't count, but it's still. It's... It bugs me. Annoying. Beyond it's like it's only November 16th. I saw my first Santa Claus commercial today. Santa Claus. Jesus. Are you serious? I saw a Santa Claus commercial. What is it? Mrs. Claus had to drive up in her SUV. I think it was a Mercedes-Benz commercial. Oh, for Christ's um, sake. So, yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Claus had to climb up to save the day and deliver the present that Santa forgot to the little girl who's crying in the window. But, I mean, I remember the good old days, and I hate saying that, when, you know when Christmas started? When you saw Santa, Santa at the end of the Macy's Day, Day parade. parade on Thanksgiving. Yep, not before. That's when Christmas started. Now we start stocking the stores in October, if not early. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw displays for Halloween November and Christmas one. in November different stores. One. I know. It was ridiculous. Just ridiculous. And now, like I said, I'm driving through the neighborhoods and I see people have their lights up already and they have them on already. Yeah, so yeah. I, you know why Christmas is special? Because it's only celebrated once yeah. a year. Yeah. And and what kills me is they go crazy all the way up until December 25th. And then they're like, it's done. we're done. It's done. And it's like uh, Christmas has 12 days, and they're from the 25th of December to January yeah, 6th. You, you got it backwards. I know. Everyone does it. Oh, we got this. Like this. I'm just. Uh, not to mention that Jesus was born. Wasn't even born in December. We know that. Right. That's like, to me, I, I, I look at Christmas now as I say, you know, it's a winter season, it's a, it's it's a, a seasonal sale. holiday, you know, it's the end of the year, it's... I think it's a sale. I think it's Well, that's what it's become now. Commercial... You know, now, um, we, now we make the man scramble to get gifts under the yeah. to put under the tree. Which I don't do. I ain't got the money. Sorry. Sorry. I ain't got the money. Well, we've cut back because we don't see that many people now during the pandemic, I, I, you know? I, I can't do it. Um, yeah, I mean... This this leads me to something. Okay. Like I know you knew it would. Is it too early in the season, or is this something that I should save? And I'm beginning to think it's something that I should save. Okay. So that it's more relevant later in the year. Okay, Provided fair enough. our content providers don't kick us off, because <laughs> what the fuck was that we just did? Right. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to hold on to that, and I'm going to... I'm a big off this week. Okay. On the gripe of the week. Let's just hope that you remember what this gripe was weeks from now. Oh, believe me. Believe me. I will believe I, it will, you. It will, I will sit down in this chair and ask to jump to gripe of the week. <laughs> okay? It, it, because it, it, it becomes unbearable. 
So go ahead. Okay. What, how do we get out of this? Well, you now come to the conclusion of our show. The conclusion. Oh my God! We're all everybody take a big breath. We did it. We got through it. Yes, we did. We want to thank my husband and producer Stephen Prendergast, who made a beautiful Chinese dinner for us. Tonight. Yes, he did. Well, he didn't make it. He picked it up for us. Well, I don't know why. You can't but then he gave us key lime pie during our he did, show he, he here. He did hand deliver key lime pie, and you know what? The boy, and the boy Bryce. The boy. The boy is wonderful. Yes, he is. He's wonderful. Our episodes are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and many other podcast providers. You can also go to our website, www.grumpyoldgameandtheirdogs.com. You can get our website, our episodes there as well. Wherever you get our episode, if you can, post a review, post a comment, give us a rating. Thank you, Scott Earl. Thank you, Scott Scott Earl. We are also on Facebook, and we are on Twitter, and you can email us at patrick at grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. Are you okay there, Tyler? Yeah, I need need an email address. Oh, okay. Because people would email me. I know, they would. We'll take care of it sooner or later. Go ahead. Thus, we are now at the end of our show, so we will say good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next week. Bye, bitches.